Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Overwhelmed, risky business, no risk, no reward. If I could draw your attention to that verse there, Mark eleven twenty four, 24, and the King James Version, that's how a lot of us knew it or learned it. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Actually, in verse 22, it starts off with Jesus saying, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Bump somebody and tell them, have faith in God. Bump somebody in your living room and say, have faith in God. Touch that chair next to you and tell the chair, have faith in God. Have faith in God. I don't know what's happened this past week, but have faith in God. I don't know what news you got, but have faith in God. I don't know what news you read before you got here, but have faith in God. I don't know who's sick, but have faith in God. I don't know who's lost their job, but have faith in God. A part of why we have gathered here together is to find like-minded believers. A part of the reason why you are tuning in right now is because you've decided to have faith in God. Not just faith in yourself, not just faith in your education, not just faith in who you know, not just faith in your connections, not just faith in the system, not just faith in who's president, not just faith in the plan to handle Putin, not just faith in the fact that they're going to lower these gas prices at some point. You have come to church. That's what you did this past week. But we come to church to lift our hand and to close our eyes and to worship the Lord and to sing and praise. One of the reasons why we're trying to get you on your feet is because we're trying to get you to have faith in God. One of the reasons why we are singing this song, saying, stand and proclaim no other name, Jesus. That name heals all. That name delivers all. It works. It works. It works. We didn't sing it over and over just because we sing it good. We sang it over and over because that name really does heal all. That name really does deliver all. And it works. And we want you in your dark season to have faith in God. We want you when you find yourself in a place that you can't control to have faith in God. We want you in your storm to have faith in God. When you feel overwhelmed... Have faith in God. When your heart is overwhelmed, have faith in God. Even if you talk to your therapist, but still have faith in God. Even if you call your friend, but still have faith in God. I I'm trying to see who is getting with me this morning about having faith in God. Back in the day, they used to sing a song that said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God for your healing. Have faith. For your breakthrough, have faith. For deliverance, have faith. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. This is the faith formula. I, I went to Rama, Kenneth Hagen, and had the faith school, and I wanted the faith mantle. Mark eleven twenty four is the faith formula. It's what they taught us. That, 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 and and the, the, the formula is, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. This is the formula. I'll put it on. Desire plus prayer plus belief equals results. Desire plus prayer plus belief. And the belief was, you believe it before you have it. You believe it before you see it. So if right now you don't have a job and you desire a job and you came to church and prayed for a job, you got to believe that you have the job before you get the job. You don't need to believe it once you have it. Come on, wave at me, somebody know. They taught you, you know, once you get it, you don't need to believe once you have it. So the whole thing is you desire and you pray and you believe before you see it. 
They tell you you're sick. You say, all right, if there's any sick among you. This is what they used to say back in the old church. Be there any sick among you. Let's call for the elders of the church. And the prayer in faith will save the sick. And the Lord shall raise them up. So what they taught you is you got to go down there and say, okay, they found this. It's a lump. There's a this. It's a pain. There's a not. They found something on my skin. They found something here. They're not sure what it is. And so I'm believing God for my healing. I'm asking y'all to pray. And we pray. And we des- First of all, you desire to get well. Then we pray. And then you walk out of there believing for the healing before you have it. Anybody go to faith school? That's what they taught you. They taught you that you walked around saying, well, I believe I've received my healing. And until it manifests itself, you believe it before you have it. That there's something about that believing. And instead of asking God again and again and again, every time it comes to your mind, you just thank God for it. Put the formula back up there. You just ask and you just thank God for it. That's what they taught you. They said, all right, instead of you, instead of you continuing to ask God or beg God, don't go to God a whole lot of times asking him for the thing. It's just that when it comes to your mind and you feel overwhelmed because you don't have a job and you think to yourself that you don't have a job, don't ask God to give you the job again. Just thank God for the job before you have it. You're walking in for the interview and you say, Lord, I'm getting ready to go in here for this interview. And I thank you that I'm getting ready to get this job in the name of Jesus. I'm thanking you and I'm believing you that I'm going to get this before I have it. I believe I'm going to have it before I get it. Sit down with them. Do the best you can. This don't mean you don't be prepared. (laughs) This don't mean that you don't have your resume together. As a matter of fact, you having your resume together is a sign that you have faith that you about to get a job. How you act in faith, a part of the reason why they wanted you to believe it before you have it is because then you get prepared for it before it gets here. So you are prepared. Somebody calls you with an offer for something amazing. If you had faith, then you would be ready because you'd be believing for the offer before you got it. You don't now have to scramble now. You won't have to scramble now and figure out how you're going to fill all these orders. Because you ask God for a big contract. You ask God for, for something to happen with your product. You ask God for you to have more clients than you could handle. And since you asked him for more clients that you can, than you can handle, that in a way, you're kind of preparing. You're in your back room. You're getting your stuff ready because whatsoever things you desire when you pray, you believe before you see it and then you have it. That's the formula they taught us. I want to focus for just a minute on the first word in the formula which is why i read it out of king james version and that first word is desire whatsoever things you desire when you pray believe that you receive it and you shall have it so meaning that desire is a key to results So my question to you and to me and all of us is, well, what do you want? What do you want? It's so insane, Tyrus, because you jumped up here talking about God getting ready to do something for somebody with a miracle. And this morning, this was not my sermon. You can talk to the media guys. This was not my sermon this morning. The Lord changed my sermon at 6 a.m. and told me to to go in this whole other direction. And then by the Holy Ghost, y'all are singing and worshiping. And the next thing you know, you're saying, what is it that you're believing God for? We are all in sync. We are all in line. You can see it in the notes, beloved. You watching? You can see it in the notes. I've got what do you want in the notes? You are in a service that God has somehow designed. He has connected something with this guy and me. We did not talk before this. 
all of a sudden the service goes in a whole nother way and he starts talking God about to do something for somebody and God's got to if you know what your miracle is walk and believe for your miracle this was not orchestrated this was not planned you have stumbled on a moment in which God has decided to intervene in our lives I don't know who I'm talking to this morning I don't know who knows what they want or who knows what they need but you better get in your mind what you believe in God for I know that because you have stumbled on a divine moment in which maybe just maybe God is about to move in a way like never before maybe all God is waiting for is for you to decide what do you want what do you want one of the things that's challenging is that faith is not apathy. Faith is not, well, if it happens, it happens. That's not faith. Faith is not, well, if I get it, I get it. Well, if I get this job, I get it. And if I don't, I don't. That's not faith. Faith is activated, activated by you saying, I want this job. It doesn't mean you can't adjust if you don't get it, but you can't walk in there already kind of safe, expecting what you might do. No, you got to walk in there saying, no, 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 no. I want this job. I want this pay. I want this opportunity. I want this thing. Every time I talk to my brother, me and my brother working together and we're trying to come together with this plan and what exactly is happening with this building. I'm constantly, Joe, at a war between what I know we can do, what I know we can afford, and what I want. Because I don't know about you, but I want the best thing that I can have. Who am I talking to? I want the best would you like fries with it? Does it come with fries? Then you better bring them fries out here. Would you like a biscuit? Does it come with a biscuit? Yes, it does. Then why are you asking me? Do I want a biscuit? Everybody wants a biscuit. Oh, come on. Everybody wants a biscuit. If you're not supposed to eat a biscuit, you want a biscuit? Do I want a biscuit? I want whatever comes with it and I want you to give me the best biscuit you can oh my I don't want no dry crusty biscuit that you made at 6 a.m. I want a fresh biscuit I want hot fries oh Lord when they give me my fries I put my hand in the bag right away and if them fries ain't hot I'm like oh no 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 I don't want no cold fries from two o'clock want fries that burn my lips if I'm gonna eat a fry it might as well hurt me nobody want no cold fries I want the best that I can have do you know what you want James chapter 4 James says well what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires? <laughs> that battle within you, you desire, but you don't get it. So you're ready to kill somebody. I know that's a hard word, but you can get mad enough to want to kill somebody. That don't mean you did kill them because you're here. I was going to say, or maybe you got away with it. But, but, but what I'm saying is, is that you have a desire. You covet, but you can't get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. And James says you don't have because you don't ask God. Anybody get mad this week? My, I'm, I got mad this week, so I'm just, you can, it, you can be honest. Anybody get mad this week? No, I'm asking a question. Be honest. Anybody get mad this week? You realize that you either got mad for one or two reasons. You either got mad because you got afraid 
Because fear can make you mad. A lot of times, the foundation of our anger is fear. Somebody talking about us, and you're mad because you're afraid that people are going to believe that what they're saying about you is true, and it's not true, and they don't know you, and so you're ready to confront them and say, how dare you say that about me because you mad because you're scared that folk are going to believe that about him. Folk are going to believe that about you, and so now you're ready to go confront somebody and tell them, oh, no, you did not say that about me. The foundation of that is that you're scared. Either you're scared or you want something and you did not get what you wanted. There's something you want and you did not get it. There's a desire that you have and your desire was denied. I want you to know there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, and I, I kind of did this analogy before, but I want to do it again. I just want to make sure I'm clear that there is a difference, that it is, it is the measure of our discontent. The measure of our discontent is seen between what we have and what we want. They ask you, would you like an orange juice to go with your biscuit? I would contend, thank you, Elder, does it come with juice? I would contend if you need too much liquid with your biscuit, it's not a good biscuit. No, no, see now, we don't get in North Carolina. There's folk watching from around the world. But North Carolina folk know, if it's too pasty in your mouth, it's not a quality biscuit. A quality biscuit just kind of melts. But anyway, what I'm saying is, they ask you, would you like orange juice? You say yes. They ask you, do you want a small juice or do you want a large orange juice? Which one do you want? There's a difference between the uh, the small, I, I don't know if you've ever said I don't have an orange juice, and they bring you some little tiny little glass of orange juice, and you almost want to throw it in the waitress's face. Like, what am I supposed to do? I will drink this before you walk away. I, are you kidding? I will rub this all over my body. This ain't no juice. Because most of us, when we drink juice, we want this. Okay, I'm just going. This is what we want. One of the reasons why I used to love Five Guys burgers and fries because they just dump the whole thing of fries. They don't just give you the cup. They dumping fries in your bag, and I'm just like, bless y'all, bless y'all. Look what the Lord has done. Yes, come on, Jesus. I want the crumbs. Anyway, what my point is is that actually this is not quite as little bit of juice as you think. And there's a whole lot of us mad over this little bitty space of juice. We got an immediate attitude because they trying to jip somebody around here. When the truth of the matter is, you actually had more juice than you thought you did. I just need a witness. I, I just need somebody to say, it's so true, PA. I don't want to lose everything mad over this little inch of not having juice. But I also will say that there's nothing wrong with you wanting more juice. There's nothing wrong than you saying, oh yeah, PA, that's nice, but that's not the juice I want. I want juice that's going to fit in this giant glass. That means you're going to have to give me more juice than that. The measure of our discontent is seen in the distance between what we have and what we desire. Now, Jesus says, hey, what's over things you desire when you pray? Believe that you receive them and you shall have them, meaning that you have to want something. 
Now, if you're raised like me, and I know I talk about this a lot, but if you're raised like me and other boomers, I'm an Xer, but if you were raised like boomers and Xers, for all of you that boomers or X isn't here, and I'm not going to make you raise your hand, but for all of you that was raised like me, they, in a sense, there's a constant battle between gratification and expectation. Gratitude and expectation. Gratitude versus expectation. What I mean by that is you was raised to be grateful about stuff that you didn't really like. No, I'm, I'm just looking for a witness in the room. I know not everybody is as old as me, but and, and around the world. In a sense, they poured you this much juice. If you had a daddy like me, he didn't even fill your little glass all the way. We ain't wasting all this juice on you. And if you want more juice, you better pour some water in that juice. You better put some water in that ketchup bottle and shake that up. I, I, I need a witness. Then, then, just let me know that I'm preaching good. I'm preaching good. Then what they would do, if, 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 you, had my, if you had my parents or he's like me, they would go to hand you the half full glass of small juice. And as they handed it to you, they are looking at your face. I need a witness in the building to see how you are and you better fake it baby and you better act like you are so happy about this little lame little glass of juice or else they'll be like oh you don't want no juice my mama called it her juice this is my juice you ain't bought no juice in this house at all you ain't got enough money to flush the toilet one time so I know you are not fussing about juice and what they made you do is they made you be fake about something that you didn't really want. They told you, fix your face. They told you, fix your face. They, they wanted gratitude around stuff that you did not feel grateful for. How dare you expect a big thing of juice? See, that's what's wrong with you. You think the world owe you something. And you think you ought to have a whole glass of juice. This is what's wrong. You done gone up there to Central and started feeling all sedity about yourself. You better remember where you come from. This is Accomack, North Carolina. We got one light here, and this is the kind of juice. What you mean juice from concentrate? You better drink this frozen juice. My dad did that with ice cream, my dad, because my dad loved to buy Neapolitan ice cream. I know I done talked about this before. My dad loved to buy Neapolitan, strawberry, vanilla, and chocolate all in the same box. I just wish, I wish see y'all, some of y'all, y'all don't even know about this. They don't even do this no more because it was a torture device. But, but they, my dad bought chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry all in the same box. The three lamest, nastiest flavors they had. And that's what he bought. Now, my mom loved you enough to give you the flavor you liked out of there. So my mom, if you only like vanilla, my mom would scoop a vanilla out, put it on the cone. You like chocolate, she'll scoop the chocolate out, put it in the cone, give you the cone. My dad didn't like when there'd be a, a, a half gallon of just strawberries sitting in the freezer. He didn't like that. We wasting all of this. He would pull them out. Look at this strawberry. Look at this. And I wanted to say, because nobody wants nasty strawberry. But what my dad did is he rolled all three flavors together. And now he's handing you this cone. And you got to eat your chocolate and vanilla around this nasty strawberry trying to mess with your mouth. And you better be glad when you do it. 
How dare you want Rocky Road? How dare you want Oreos and cookies and cream? How dare you want banana cream pie? How dare you want that? Who told you that the world owes you Rocky Road ice cream? This was wrong with you. You done gone up there to Central and you done got some Oreo cookie ice cream. You better eat this strawberry and be happy, boy. I don't know about you, but I want Rocky Road. I don't want no strawberry. I want what I want. What do you want? I came to tell you and me and all of us who need deliverance that there is nothing wrong with you wanting what you want and knowing what you want. Oh, I'm just going to say that for all of us that felt bad about what we wanted. I know because we were made to feel bad about what we wanted. That's if your parents were broke. They either made you feel bad about you, what you wanted, or they told you that that wasn't for kids. That's not for kids. Lobster's not for kids. It's going to make you sick. It's too rich for your system. It's going to mess you up. Cheesecake? No, no, no. Cheesecake is not for children. That, that will make you sick. It's going to mess you up. I think there's some real sound sense to that. I believe there's adult candy and there's little kid candy. I take Reese's peanut butter cups right out of the bag at the whole Harvest Festival Halloween. That's adult candy. Anyway, my point is, is they told you that this wasn't good for you because they couldn't afford it. That's how we were raised. You don't need no pillow because it'll make you grow crooked. <laughs> I know I'm not the only one to hurt that. You better lay yourself flat on that mattress because if you have a pillow, you ain't going to grow straight. You're going to be walking like this. You better, you better be glad. They just couldn't afford a pillow. And they made you feel guilty for wanting one. You want fresh bread. We buy day-old bread in this house, and then we freeze it. Y'all don't know. Then we freeze it and thaw it. You better toast that bread. What do you want? If we look at the passage in Matthew chapter 14, I mean, this is a scary moment for the disciples. This is another example of the disciples in a boat and a storm and the wind and the waves are against them. It's a scary moment for the disciples. I'm looking at these moments because this may be a scary moment for you. This may be a scary moment for you watching around the world. This may be a scary moment for you in this room. You may feel overwhelmed. Every time one storm ends, it's like another one begins. The minute we get done with one thing, now we're into something altogether. And now we're mad at Putin or mad at NATO or mad at Zelensky or mad at whoever over this conflict because we don't want to pay $4.50 for gas. And we're scared. So there's a storm. That's why I'm looking at this because it's, I, I want all of us to know that it's absolutely okay to be in a relationship with God, in a relationship with Jesus, in church, and there be things that happen that make you scared. Scary moment for the disciples. Maybe it's a scary moment for you. But one of the things that's interesting about this situation, and I, I want to move on my last 10, 11 minutes, one of the things that's so interesting to me, to me about this situation, I never really noticed it until I'm trying to do this series, is that Peter wants something in spite of the storm. I'm going to speak that over you and me and everybody else. Peter wants something in spite of the storm. 
in spite of the fact that the waves are against them, in spite of the fact that they're having a hard time getting to the other side, in spite of the fact that they are terrified because they ain't never seen nobody walk on water before, and here comes Jesus walking on water. They are struggling against the wind and the waves because the wind is against them, the waves are against them, and in spite of all of this, Jesus comes walking up and says, take courage, it's me, and Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to walk on the water. The nerve of Peter. Oh, I want to speak that over. The nerve of Peter to want to walk on water in a storm. I'm going to speak that over you and me and everybody that's watching around the world. Because I don't know about you, but if I was going to want to walk on water, I want to walk on the stillest water you can find. I would want the water to be nice and calm before I try to walk. The last thing I want to do is walk on wavy water. Jesus is walking on water and waves, and Peter says, hey, Jesus. He could have said anything. He could have said, Lord, if it's you, what did we eat yesterday? He could have said, Lord, if it's you, where are we going tomorrow? Lord, if it's you, what was the name of the person whose miracle you did? But that's not what Peter said. Peter said, Lord, if it's you... Give me a power to do something that I could not do if it wasn't you. Oh, may faith arise in this room. Lord, if it's you, I, I know you, Jesus. I know you're the Messiah. I know you got power. I know Pastor Tony can pray. I know Pastor Tyson. I know Elder Paul can pray. I know Elder Ray can pray. I know they can get a prayer through. I know Pastor Frieda can pray for me. But Lord, if it's you, give me a power that I would not have if you weren't with me, who am I talking to? Peter has the nerve to want to walk on water in a storm. My God, I want us to want to walk on water in the worst of times. Anybody can walk on water in the best of times. I want somebody that will walk on water when they're not sure what the water going to do. That's what we're trying to do, son. We're trying to build this building in the middle of a pandemic. And, uh, and who's coming to church and who's not and who's watching online. And I, that's okay because I want to do something that when we are done with it, I don't know about you, I want us to do something. I want you in your life, in your business, in your marriage with your children. I want you to do something that when you get done, you want have to give God praise. Folk will come in and be like, now how'd you get this house? And for you to say, you know what? If it had not been for God on my side, if God had not made a way, who am I talking? If God had not opened up a door and made a way, I couldn't even afford this house, but God made a way for me. They had laid me off from my job. I had started my own thing. I didn't even really have the credit at my own thing to get that. Do you believe that Boop 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 Federal Credit Union gave me a mortgage for the Boop Boop Boop? I walked in there. How'd you get that? You know what? When I really think about how I got it, when I really think about what I did, at the end of the day, it was God who stepped in and did something for me that I can't explain. How'd you get that scholarship? You know, I, I was doing as best I could. I tried it, but I, I don't know if I really qualified, but I sat down with the person and they said, you know, there's just something about you I like. And somehow God gave me favor. I speak faith. I speak favor. Why not? Why not? You can't afford it anyway, why not? You can't get it anyway, why not? They don't like you anyway, why not? You ain't got the money anyway, why not? Why not you? Why not you? Why not you? The devil is a liar, why not you? I'm so tired of talking to heathens who have some kind of miracle story. 
don't know what to do. If I talk to another heathen and they tell me some miracle story, I will throw up. I want the people of God to have more faith. All this praising and all this shouting and all this running and all this hollering and broke is a joke. The devil is a liar. If anybody ought to have their own thing, it ought to be you. If anybody ought to own their own house, it ought to be you. Walk in and believe God because Peter wants something. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Peter wants something. He wants something. He has a nerve to want something in a storm. You know, if this message is resonating with you, if you're watching me around the world and this message is resonating with you, can I just warn you, when you like this, people don't like you when you want something and other people don't want nothing. People get mad at you when you have the nerve to ask Jesus if you could walk on water. Folk will not like you when you have faith. They'll be like, who do you think you are? Asking Jesus, can you walk on the water? Peter wants something bad enough to take a risk. He actually wants it bad enough to take a risk. We have to realize how badly he wanted to walk on the water to get out of the boat. This is some serious desire. This is some serious, I want this, even though it's a storm. And my question to us, and I'll wrap with this, is can you take a risk? One of the challenges of being overwhelmed and anxiety and depression is that if your fear responses are too loud, you won't take risks. And no risk, no reward. One of the attacks of the enemy or just one of the byproducts of struggling with anxiety and challenges is that, and I know, is that you can be having an anxiety, depressed, scared reaction over something that's not even really that big. And in your frontal cortex, you know it's not that big. You're scared of the dog, and it's a little dog you could kick. But you're still scared. You're having visions of it eating you in the middle of the night. And it's a little dog that weighs five pounds. So when that happens, the idea of risk-taking Part of the reason why I'm doing this series on being overwhelmed and feeling overwhelmed and, 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 and anxiety and all of it is because you almost can't do anything great if you don't at times feel overwhelmed. You understand what I'm saying, son? It's like we could talk about it, Andre, like, oh, yeah, don't ever be overwhelmed. Let's bind being overwhelmed. But we can't bind all being overwhelmed because the, the truth of the matter is if you can never be overwhelmed, then you can never be overly blessed. I want you to catch so many fish. You don't know what you're going to do with it. Oh, I speak that. I want you to make so much money, you scared the government going to take it from you. I, that's what I, I want you to get a contract and for you to be like, oh, my God, what am I going to do with all this money? I need to talk to whoever handles Trump's taxes. I want you to have so much opportunity that you think, how are we going to handle all this business? I want you to lose sleep at night thinking to yourself, how am I going to handle all this business? That's what I want. I want you to have so many options that it's overwhelming. 
I want so many dudes to swipe on you that you are picking between a whole bunch of dudes. I'll leave that alone. I want you, I don't want one dude to swipe on you from FarmersOnly.com. I want you to have so many options. You go on a date every week for a year. Oh, I'm speaking that right now. I want your Friday night dinner to be free every time. I want you to be, I want you to be overwhelmed with dudes. I speak that right now. I speak that over somebody's life. I want you to be overwhelmed with opportunities. I want you to be overwhelmed with money. I want you to be overwhelmed with business. I want you to be overwhelmed with contracts. I want you to have so many contracts that you have to turn some people down. I, if you can't do that, if you can't have that feeling of a little bit of sickness on the inside of you, you have it because you're scared. But it's also possible to have it because it's so much. You don't know what you're going to do with all of it. Oh, I speak that right now. You got to take a risk. The kind of fish that I want you to catch, they're not at the shore. So all of you shore casters, all of you with your little line, hey, your little one worm, hey, your little one piece of bread, hey, your little one thing, and you throwing it out there and reel it back in, I rebuke all of y'all in the name of Jesus. What I'm speaking is I want you to get a boat. I want you to get a net. I want you to put your net on the other side. I want you to catch so much business that your boat sink. I want you to be overwhelmed by opportunity. I want you to be overwhelmed with business. I want you to have so much money, people mad at you. Oh, I speak that right now. I want you to have so much that people look at you like you think you all of that because you've got somebody to pick you up from the airport and you be like, hate on me, hater. I want you to sit in first class and people be mad. I was sitting in first class just last week because I fly first class, hallelujah. And I'm normally one of the only black people in first class. And you'd be amazed at how folk feel about you being the only Negro in first class. And I have gotten so used to it, it makes me feel kind of good. And I'm like, hello. And when they say basketball player, I'm like, nope, not a basketball player. I was in first class the other day, and some dude in the front is all in a lather because I had two bags up in the up thing, and he couldn't fit his bag in there. You should have seen how upset he was. I know it was because it was my bags up there and not his bags up there, and I just sat back and ate that stuff up like it was green grass. Didn't bother me a lick. Don't nothing make me happier than me getting ready to step in line first, in first class, and somebody white try to come and step in front of me, and I say, no, 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 just relax, buddy. I'm in this line, too. Oh, I need a witness in the building. I'm so sorry. It happens all the time to me. Somebody gonna say to me, actually, this is group one, and I'm like, yeah. And this Negro right here is in group one. I want you to be in a situation where you make folk mad. You make folk upset. They don't like you. I want you to be overwhelmed with hate. I want you to be overwhelmed with jealousy. I want you to be overwhelmed with opportunity at a level in which you are trying to figure out how are you going to handle all this success? I speak that right now in the name of Jesus over everybody under the sound of my voice who will receive it. You can't get that reward if you can't take a risk. If you can't say, I'm starting all the way over. This is what I trained for, but you know what? I got a dream to do, boop, 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 boop. And I am slowly, if you are watching me and you have a job you hate, you can't stand it when you wake up on a Monday. 
life, when I wake up on a Monday, I'm like, if your Monday is, if that's your Monday, wait in the water, children, if that's your Monday, my Monday's not like that. If that's your Monday, then I want you to get a dream and get a vision and get a desire of what you want to do. I want you to find out where you can go to school to do it. I want you to go take classes. I want you to believe that God will do a scholarship thing for you. I want you to walk in your dream. You got one life to live, baby. Don't make no sense spending your whole life in a situation that you can't stand. Believe. I said believe. I said believe. Have faith in God. It's going to be a risk. But no risk, no reward. It's going to stress you out. It's going to stress you out. Me, Pastor Andy, on this stage, my brother back there in the corner, he handles, he's a CFO, bank examiner, educated, bye-bye, smart enough. I don't do nothing with y'all's money. I want you to know that. Me, Pastor Andy, don't touch the money. Amen. <laughs> I don't. I got somebody I trust. Right now, me and my brother, we are believing God. We are trusting that you will come, that y'all will serve, that you will give. Because what we're trying to do is a little bit overwhelming. But if you don't get into the place that's a little bit overwhelming, you will never do something that folk will marvel at. I want people to walk around and be like, how did you two yellow boys do this? And I want you to say, it was the Lord's doing. It was marvelous in my eyes. To God be the glory for the great thing he has done. If there be any praise bro let it go to Calvary to God be the glory for what he's done you can't experience that if you're not ready to be scared if you're not, if you're not ready to lay in the bed and hug yourself and wonder how's this going to happen is anybody going to do this And is, is this going to what is it if you are not ready for that you're not ready for the reward that goes with it no risk, no reward. How do you conquer that fear? How do you conquer your risk aversion? Because we all have a risk aversion. We all have something in us that wants us to avoid risk. Twelve guys in the boat, Peter the only one wanting to get out. That means everybody else, this was too great a risk for them to take. How do you handle the fear that comes with the risk? That's an amazing question, and you will have to come back next Sunday if you want to hear that. Put your hands together if you heard a word from the Lord this morning. If you heard a word from the Lord, if you feel like going on, if you're encouraged, if you're encouraged, put your hands together. You're encouraged. Can I get you to give to the work of the kingdom of God? This is our building fund offering. You can take a picture of that QR code right now and you can give to the work of the kingdom of God. Or the, the, the offering that Pastor Tyrus and Pastor Tony takes up, that's the tithes and the offering that belongs to God. That should be easy to give because the tenth belongs to God. This is the offering. This is something above and beyond your tithe. Young man that came and gave me that check today, he's gave something above and beyond his tithe. It's like, all right, I'm going to believe God and give in faith believing. If you need an offering envelope, you can raise your hand. Gabe keepers are walking around real quick to give you an offering envelope. If you're watching around the world, you can just give right now, wherever you may be. Because this is a Kairos moment. I want you to be able to jump in on what God is doing. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. One of the ways in which you have faith in God is you get seed in the ground. And you, you begin to believe God for something great based on what you gave. 
young man actually came to me and he actually said, actually, he said, I just was believing that I could give $10,000. He said, and that's, that's what I was believing I could give. He said, it's a, it's a big, big gift for me. And he said, I figured I'd get $10,000. That was a lot. And I did, that's what I was believing God for that I'd be able to give. See, I, <laughs> the reason why he was able to give 20 is because when you decide that you're going to give something to God, it may just happen that God may bless you in such a way that you may find yourself able to give greater than what you said you were going to give. That's what I'm praying for you. That's what I'm believing for you. I'm believing that you will receive it and believe you receive it before you have it. I was talking to one of the top givers in the church and you can make your checks payable to WOCC or you can take this QR code and we're about to build this park and, and uh, it's going to be powerful and it's going to really pay for itself in terms of it's going to have the courts and the, all of this stuff. I've talked about the vision quite a bit and uh, it's going to be our sanctuary but it's going to be surrounded by basically a sports complex. And I'm excited about the opportunity that we have to impact the lives of people that don't necessarily go to the church. talking to one of the top givers and we were and we were just talking investments and all that stuff and I said to him what do you need to set yourself up and your family and your children's children up forever said you understand money and investments and that kind of stuff what would you need for you to say if I had this amount I could set me and my kids and even my grandkids up and we wouldn't need money for a while. I said, what would that number be? He said, probably $50 million. That's what he said, 50 million. I said, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to believe God for $500 million. I want you to tell God that you'll live on the 10th and give him the rest. See, it's one thing to believe God for just enough. Something else for you to say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to believe you at a level in which I can give. My believing is not just based on what I need. It's, it's not that there's anything wrong with what you need. You have a wife, you got kids, you got grandkids. I get it. Me too. But it's more than that. It's changing our focus from what we need to what we are determined to give. I said, change your mindset, man. Because if all you need is 50, then why don't you ask God to bless you so much that you can be a philanthropist? And then not only will you be able to give to the church, but then you'll be able to give scholarships and help kids. And we need more black folk. Like, this is what we need. We need somebody that can walk in and pay for everybody's education. This is what we need. We don't need you to just believe enough for you. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the building. That's a king. That's a king. A king is someone who they're set they're thinking about their people. That's what a queen is. A queen is someone who, oh yeah, personal finances is great. You're not a good ruler, you're not a good king, you're not a good queen if your people are starving. If you're like, let him eat cake, you're not a good king, you're not a good queen. I'm so, so sorry. And I know not everybody that's watching me is African-American and not even everybody in here is African-American. And if you're not, that's okay, please, because we're so glad you're here. But, but I'm, I'm so sorry. It's not enough for you to be black and have money. I'm just sorry. That's not enough. Not right now. Not with the state of where black people is. It's not enough. I don't need you to have enough for you to be set. I need you to have enough for you to be set. And then for you to have so much over that you then begin to impact your people.
Oh, I, I, I need a witness in the building. I need you to realize that you're Moses. You're raised in the Pharaoh's house and you have come to the kingdom. I need you to realize you're Esther. And the reason why you are in the palace is because God is trying to rescue your people through you. I need you to walk through Walmart and really see your people. I need you to go down the hood and really see your people. Because if we don't take care of us, who going to take care of us? We wait for somebody else to take care of us. But the time is out for anybody else to take care of us. We have got to care about us and take care of us. And that's what you're doing when you're giving to this park. I'm sorry, but this is something that we are determined to do. And it's not just going to benefit church people. It's going to benefit everybody. We're not going to turn anybody away. The biggest heathen in the world will be able to walk onto the campus and get help. Because that's what Jesus would do. Oh, I'm going to speak that in the, in the room right now. You better get ready. You better be all right with it. I hope you're going to be okay with it. Because if the biggest, most heathen drug dealer most, wants to walk on that campus and know Jesus, we are going to introduce him to the Lord. We are going to introduce him to the kingdom. We are going to enter. We're not going to turn anybody away. Because we are believing to be blessed to be a blessing. Can I speak that over your life right now? I don't need another preacher. I need a king. I need a queen. I don't need another Holy Ghost running nobody. I need you to be in the marketplace and make bank. That's what I need. I don't, it's one of the mistakes that we made in the church. We called every able man into the ministry. The minute somebody came to church and was a man and said hallelujah, we immediately made them preachers. I don't need you to be a preacher. I need you to be a person in industry. I need you to go make $100 million. I speak that right now. I need you to go make 10. I need you to start your own trucking business. I need you to take something over. I don't need another prophetess on the stage. I don't. I really don't. Girl, I need you to go make your paper boo-boo. That's what I need. I need you to blow up. I need you to be CEO. COO. I need you to believe God for something bigger than just your needs. I need all of y'all. All of y'all. I need y'all to all remember where you came from. And say, Lord, when I make it, I'm a bless. Lord, when I make, Lord, when I'm, Lord, when I make it, I'm not gonna forget where I came from. Sometimes we have a tendency to step on the back of the church and get to where we want to get to and forget where we came from. But I'm believing that we can do this together. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for this opportunity that we have to bless you and magnify your name. Thank you for this message. Thank you for this series. Thank you for everyone that made it to be in the room with us this morning. Thank you for everyone that's watching live around the world. Connect us together. This is the body of Christ, the universal body of Christ that stretches across the entire planet. And God, we need a miracle from you. And we're looking for a miracle. We expect the impossible. We believe it, receive it, and you are going to perform it. Take this offering and multiply it supernaturally to the upbuilding of your kingdom. Have your way in us. Make us rich so that we can be generous on every occasion. Don't just make us rich so we can buy stuff. Make us rich so we can give stuff. So we can be a blessing. Expand our vision. Expand our territory. Expand our desire. We'll praise you what you do and say. You're worthy. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said together. We all said together. God bless you as you give. As the bucket passes, you can just jump on your feet. It's just a few minutes after 12. Thanks so much for being in the service with us. Thank you so much for watching with us live around the world. And we've got Wednesday night awesome stuff happening next Sunday. I'll be back, of course, and we'll be finishing this overwhelmed series. And I'm going to talk more about risky business and no risk, no reward, and how we can overcome our risk aversion. 
And uh, I just, if you could just not move until the gatekeepers are just done. Just give them a second. I promise you, I'm going to let you go. And, uh, and, and if you're in the room and if you're watching around the world, thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you for your giving. World Overcomers is supported by the tithe-paying members of the church and for the people that give. And, uh, and so if you give, it shall be given unto you again. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, run over. The Bible says, well, men pour into your lap. And we just, it just rolls out my mouth because I've heard it forever, but I believe. I believe. Can't beat God-given, no matter how hard you try. Sometimes we have a tendency to judge a move of God based on how many people received from God. We do that sometimes. Like even today. We'll be talking about how many people came in the room with us, how many people watched around the world, what kind of Sunday was it, in terms of who received something. Praise God for that. But I, I also like to judge a move of God based on who gave something. Who gave? Who didn't come just to receive, but who came to give? That's the real blessing. let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for our time together. Thank you, Lord God, for this moment. Thank you for this service. It was so powerful. Thank you for this sermon. Thank you that the entrance of your word sheds light. Now, as we leave, as we go home, as some of us go on trips, as we go to do business, as we fly, as we do what we do, Lord, keep us. Favor on us. Bless us. Watch over us and our children and our children's children. And God, as we always pray, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Thank you for the visitors that were with us today. Bring them back again. We magnify your name. The name of Jesus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. Have your way in us. In Jesus' name. We all sit together. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Greet somebody in the name of the Lord. Give somebody a pound or an elbow bump or something. Thanks so much for being with us this week.